Symphony of Shadows. First Movement, Capriccio del Viadante, Data Fugue, Phrase 3. General Peelton pinched the unassuming drive in his fingers and scanned it deliberately with his eyes. He did not trust such technology. Its contents, even if the asset believed them to be real, could have been a meticulous trap set for him. It was more like than not a way to lure him into an action that would prove his and the PLF's demise. And yet, this drive intrigued him. It was much older in style than anything available currently. In fact, he remembered using a similar such drive back in his early years at the military academy. If what the asset revealed was in fact a lie, it was one well produced. Commodore Hubble relayed your message to me, Tane. It was vague, yet quite ambitious in its contents. Would you please illuminate us to what you think is on this drive, and how it can help the PLF? I've had neither the time nor the resources to inspect this sufficiently, but I can tell you that this is something many of my compatriots had resigned to myth, while some of us knew it to be real. To make sense of it, I have to give you a little history. Chadwell sneered, but remained silent, surprisingly. This all started about forty years ago, during the Succession War. Spending was understandably high, with all the arms, sales, and supplies that needed to cover such a large military presence over an immense space. Near the end of the war, a hacker by the name of Ahmed bin Salid was able to uncover the accounting books of the old previous pontifex. Ahmed was no financier, so he turned around and sold it on the black market. Wasn't long before the world had access for a small price, but few could make heads or tails of it. It wasn't until many years later that a talented group of individuals banged their heads together and started to find some inconsistencies. Piecing together other black market reports, as well as open information, they discovered an unimaginable number of sestars spent on a project they came to call Project Shambhala. Why Shambhala? asked Abul. In reference to the fabled paradise from millennia long past. A myth, or propaganda, depending on who you ask, added Peelton. Correct, and so the conspiracies and stories began surrounding this mysterious mission, said Tane excitedly. What mission? asked Shadwell. I'm getting there. Most of the money was tied up in the gate budget, primarily under R&D, but the spike in spending, especially during the crunch of the war, was a string that was too tempting not to pull on. If that wasn't enough, the spending also aligned with a strange disappearance that you all likely know about. Ishmael Adabigo. General Peelton uneasily pinched the bridge of his nose while he shook his head. The Adabigos were once the most powerful family in the Divine Republic. Still were, by some accounts. The disappearance of Ishmael had rocked the world when it was announced. He was to inherit his family's power and was largely touted as a man of the people, especially during the dark days of the Succession War. Pilton was young at the time of his disappearance, but he could still remember the announcement. The Atabigos were never able to recover after that. 
Conspiracy theories over his disappearance were many, and some difficult to disregard, but few seemed to hold any weight or importance to Peelton's mission, until, perhaps, right now. Yes, responded Tane, there are records in the Divine Republic's archives of his military service during that time, but little of it holds up against scrutiny. Many places he was supposed to have fought, there's little evidence he was ever there. In fact, he seems to have disappeared long before his death was announced. The same could be said for between ten or 15,000 other military personnel during that time. Many of them support personnel or scientists, all suddenly gone and with clumsily kept records of their service. Ishmael's was only the most notable, aside from his mentor and commanding officer, Captain Frey. Then there was the strange disappearance of a god of war around this time that had been retrofitted to be a long hauler lasting 15 to 20 years in open space. That is not something easily hidden from records, no matter how much scrubbing you do. So what? Get to the point already, shouted Shadwell, tapping his heels on the carpet impatiently. Pilton shot him a stony glance, and Shadwell stopped tapping. Then, Avery. The Avery? asked Hubble. The Avery, nodded Tane. Benjamin Avery, captain of the Firefox. He must have sniffed out the Republic was up to something, and somehow caught the trail. No way he could have known the true purpose of Shambhala, but he knew that whatever was on that god of war, he either wanted it for himself or to make sure the Divine Republic didn't get their hands on it. It's quite difficult to board and capture a fully manned god of war, so what's a legendary pirate to do? You're telling us that Avery took out the god of war? Impossible. Why would we ever believe that? asked Shadwell. Hilton pinched his nose harder, annoyed at Shadwell's interruptions. In his long military career, Pilton had heard the tales of Avery, and this was not one of them. It fit his modus operandi, though. The Pirate King was not one to boast of his escapades, either. He let others do it for him, true or false. It was a clever way to make every terrible thing that happened across the universe attributable to his actions. Even now, it was difficult to separate myth from man. Tane pointed to the drive, still in Pilton's hands. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm asking you to believe that. On that drive sits the last moments of the God of War Dawnbreaker, as well as its charter, vid logs, itinerary, coordinates of departure and arrival, manifests, and most important of all, its AI. Pilton almost laughed to himself at that last one. An AI on this small drive? It seemed absurd. And then, despite his best effort to reject Tane's words, he started to believe. How can you be sure this is the real thing? Because of where I got it. You mean who you stole it from? said Shadwell. General Pilton, I beg you, throw out this charlatan. All he spouts is a trap, meant to lure you. It's a honeypot, if I've ever seen one. I'm no honeypot. That drive is the real deal, responded Tane. Even if it's the real thing, I still don't understand how this can help us, said Hubble, fingers cradling chin in thought. There's a lot I don't understand, but one thing is certain. They discovered a habitable planet somewhere in the universe. 
supposedly capable of sustaining human life. New Terra, they called it. Read the charter, and you'll get an idea of what this means for the PLF. And I'm sure that's only the surface. The Divine Republic spent a lot of time and money and put some of their best people on a mission somewhere to do something. The records show that wherever they went is not on any current maps of any sectors, and that when they returned, they carried with them cargo that was not there when they first set out. There was something on that god of war when Avery attacked it. It's probably gone now, but we have the location of whatever they found. You're telling me that's worthless? What does it cost you to at least go to where the Dawnbreaker went and do some reconnaissance? It's a stretch, but... Hubble considered further. Everyone was silent in thought for a moment, although Peelton could tell Shadwell's trigger finger was itching for its opportunity. Peelton weighed the possibilities in his mind. The PLF was in poor shape. Their funds were quickly dwindling, their sorties and guerrilla tactics less effective than before. Morale was low and decreasing each time they were dragged into a conventional battle with the Divine Republic, which always ended in retreat. They needed something to change the game, the rules, the war. The PLF was stagnating, driven by ideology and passion, but lacking in practice. And yet, something screamed in him to say no. Hilton was a prudent and pragmatic man. Shadwell, despite his obstinance, was probably right. Hilton believed, Tane believed, the importance of what he held, but its origins still felt circumspect. Where was it you acquired this, Tane? asked General Pilton again. A friend of mine came across it. When she tried to check its contents, it unleashed a virus into her system, so she came to me to get it fixed. Once I discovered what it was, I immediately contacted Commodore Hubble and left the planet. So you stole it from your friend? asked Shadwell, his face reddening. She's a bounty hunter. She would have just sold it to the highest bidder. Sir, we can't trust a man who steals from his friends. He's just as like to betray us as he is his companions. Tane came at great risk to himself to bring us this, shouted Alex. If what he says is true, it could change everything. This could be a weapon, a stronghold. It could be our last chance at defeating the DR and carving out a place for our independence. Shadwell scoffed. What are you talking about, Commodore? He gives us nothing. There are no miracles other than those of Eos. He has no idea what was on that ship. I'm still not convinced any of this is true. A bunch of conspiracists finding stories where there are none. Even if half of this is true, we do not need whatever he's selling. General Pilton, you can't honestly be considering this. Pilton started to feel a headache coming on, and it was growing more difficult not to physically harm his Commodores. Now was a time when he needed sound counsel in a deliberate decision that was neither reactive nor desperate, both of which he was inclined to when he felt frustration towards his two loyal compatriots. He needed time to think, and distance to consider his options thoughtfully. Pilton stood and moved to a tapestry on the western wall of his office. He lifted it to reveal a safe with a combination and biometric locking mechanism. He spun the wheel to the correct combination and pressed a thumb against the fingerprint reader. The safe clicked open and he placed the drive in it. When he turned, Pilton saw a self-satisfied smile on Shadwell's face and stoic disbelief on Hubble's. 
I need time to consider further. There are too many questions, and the two of you are clouding my judgment on the matter. We will reconvene when I have had some time to think further. But General, pleaded Hubble. General Peelton lifted a hand to silence her. Enough. If either of you disagree any further, I'll side with your rival on the matter out of pure stubborn contrariness. Commodore Hubble, escort Tane back to his chambers and make sure he has everything he needs. Commodore Shadwell, stay with me. There's another matter I must discuss with you. Pilton knew it wasn't fair, but he needed to separate his Commodores and put them back in line. There was a war to be fought, and if they were divided at such a high level, they would never overthrow the yoke of the Republic. To her credit, Commodore Hubble remained quiet despite the evident rage on her face and led Tane out of his office. Chadwell remained behind, giddy and smug, not a becoming combination for a Commodore. You made a prudent decision, Your Excellence. Hilton sat back at his desk and continued with his letters. What is it you would like to discuss, Your Excellence? Your punishment for the treatment of Tane. Shadwell grimaced at that, the smugness on his face distorting. Sir, I was just trying to protect the PLF, and you did so in a way unbecoming of your rank, Commodore. The enmity between you and Commodore Hubble would be our undoing. You are to apologize to her in front of both of your men, and the apology is to be written by her, and if Tane would like him as well. Your Excellence, surely you must be joking. There is no need. Hilton bore a hole into Shadwell with his heavy gaze. After a long moment, Shadwell bowed in deference. As you wish, Your Excellence. Is that all you require of me? Pilton returned his attention to his letters and nodded, without another word. When Shadwell finally left, Pilton couldn't help his gaze from shifting to his safe behind the tapestry and the contents it held. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio, written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse, that's the number two, or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com.